my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. It's really wonderful to be able to share with you again. This week we're following the theme, the church in an unchristian world. And the big question for today, sexual abuse in the church. Is it real? Today, our co-host is Pastor Joseph Matichik. Joseph's the Executive Secretary of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Australia. Welcome to you, Joseph. Uh, thank you, Gary. It is wonderful to have you uh, back in the studio with you. In fact, I don't think I've actually sat with you as co-host in the studio for, for some weeks now. It has been a while, yeah. I, um, I've normally been in on a Monday, and uh, here we are in, in on a different day. But... It's called Musical Chairs, and it is, it is wonderful to be able to sit back uh, with you. <laughs> yeah. uh, tell me something. It's coming up to a long weekend. Are you doing anything special for the long weekend? Yeah, looking forward to the long weekend, Gary. It's an opportunity to uh, to catch up on, on things. Um, it'll be fairly quieter for us as a family, um, but um, we have some uh, things that need to be done in our yard, um, some some tasks. So uh, weather permitting, we're looking forward to, to catching up on that um, as well as... Um, yeah, probably getting out and about a little bit, maybe for um, for some walks, bike rides, um, yeah, th- nice. things like that. The kids have got some things on too, so yeah, there'll be there'll be bits and pieces there that we'll we will enjoy doing. Isn't, isn't Adelaide a lovely place for uh, for bike riding? It's got some great tracks, uh, really good, really good tracks for for all ages, for all levels. Um, yeah, and so yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, I love that linear park track, you know, mm. that goes from way up in the hills right out to the to the ocean. I remember doing it with a a group of pathfinders just. Uh, uh, a year or two back, and uh, and that was a really uh, a really great uh, great ride. Really enjoyed that straight through the centre of the city, That's and it. Yep. Uh, yep. You all, know. all the way out to the um yep to the ocean. Yeah, the yeah. Beach. What what sort of um uh, when you've got a, a retreat here in Adelaide, what mm. what sort of retreat do you like to do? Uh, yeah, either to do that or um, uh, sometimes we go up into the hills. Yep. Um, or we've actually gone for a drive um, uh, in, into a couple of the towns nearby, either out into the into the Brosser or up to Harndorf yeah. and um, yeah. enjoyed spending a day d- day up there. So, yeah, yeah. 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 Do, a lovely, uh, a lovely German town. My wife's actually talking about going up there uh, this weekend during the long weekend, I think on Sunday or Monday. We've got some friends in town to take them up and uh, do the touristy thing. Uh, really looking forward to getting to that uh, that wonderful hills base town. Could be quite popular there on the Sunday. <laughs> oh, no, yes, you, that, that's very true. Uh, Joseph, look, uh, this week in the discussion segment, uh, we're going to be looking at the church in an unchristian world. Uh, and the actual question is going to be sexual abuse in the church is it for real? But before we go there, I just like to look at that first section, the church in an unchristian world, because I'm, I'm so conscious that this is a really big issue and something that we can't overlook today. I was, uh, I was looking in the religious press, um, just, uh, just, just today and, uh, came across uh, an article talking about this Amy Coney Barrett, uh, being criticized. Now, of course, she's just been nominated by Donald Trump, uh, for the Supreme Court in the United States. And I'm 
I'm really interested when some of the religious debates uh, that are actually happening in that part of the world. Anyway, the title of the article, Amy Barrett criticised for promoting a distinctly Christian worldview at a conference. And this is what the article went on to say. Conservatives are defending the Supreme Court nominee, uh, Amy Barrett, after a Washington Post article implied her speaking at a Christian conference could be disqualifying. The article noted that Barrett had spoken several times at the Blackstone Legal Fellowship, a summer program established to inspire a distinctly Christian worldview in every area of the law, according to the story. It was founded to show that Christians, uh, to show Christian students how God can use them as judges, law professors and practicing attorneys to help them keep the door open for the spread of the gospel in America, the story said. The fellowship is run by the Alliance Defending Freedom, a Christian legal group. She has spoken at it five times, according to the Post. The headline, Amy Barrett, Supreme Court nominee, spoke at a program founded to inspire distinctly Christian worldview in every area of the law. Her role as speaker at the training program for Christian law school students drew scrutiny three years ago. U.S. Senator Josh Hawley tweeted, Imagine a Christian lawyer speaking to Christian law students about what it means to follow Christ in their profession. Blackstone's own website says it prepares Christian law students for careers marked by integrity, excellence and leadership. Now, this hardly seems like a particularly radical conference, but the thing that jumped out at me is that uh, she's being criticised for uh, speaking at a conference where she's speaking about a distinctly Christian worldview. Now, that may be something that some of our listeners may not understand. What is a distinctly Christian worldview? Distinctly Christian worldview is one that accepts um, the scriptures as as a rule for faith, faith and practice. It it, it also um, is one that takes that uh, humans are, are sinful mm-hmm. and therefore require a, a savior. Okay. Uh, okay, and so takes takes sin seriously and acknowledges the sinfulness of 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 humans. Um, a Christian worldview also believes that that, that God does exist. Uh, that he that he is actually the creator that he did create, um, and it it upholds um, scriptural values. So that they would be essentially some of the the key elements of a of a Christian worldview. Um, okay, okay. B- biblical based, uh, accepting scripture as as normative, as authoritative, um, and um, acknowledging uh, humanity's condition and the need for for God and. Um, I guess the, the, the gospel, yeah, the gospel message. Okay, yeah. okay. Because what this is doing is certainly challenging the worldview of our secular society today. Because I think of a number of the things that you've actually mentioned there all have to do with accepting a, a supernatural God. You know, That's if, right. I, if I accept a, the scriptures, it means that I'm accepting that there's been a, a supernatural inspiration. Of that book. Now, if in fact man is sinful and needs a redeemer, well, that means that there's actually a God out there yes. who does actually love us and has acted on our behalf. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a whole different, um, 
I guess, a lens. It, it's it's a worldview, uh, if you like, Gary. That yeah. that that is yeah. In contrast to uh, to to the predominant our, our predominant secular uh, worldview that that that's in our society. I, I, um, I like the the expression you use there. It's a lens through which we right. actually view our society. Yep. Because I'm conscious that so much in our world today, so many people view our world in what's called a naturalistic. In other words, things just happen naturally. Yeah. Whereas Christianity and the scriptures, of course, talk about a, a biblical worldview that includes a supernatural develop, a supernatural element out there. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I guess Origins is a classic example of that. For instance, you know, a naturalistic worldview uh, doesn't have God in the picture at all, and therefore there has to be some um, naturalistic uh, explanation to it, which which brings in the you know the long ages. Uh, with with no divine intervention, mm-hmm. uh, whereas uh, some with a strong Christian biblical worldview comes from the point of view that God's the origin of life that it, that that He created and that that it came from Him. So you know, that's a classic example. And I guess here we have this this lady Amy Barrett uh, that's raised. Uh, 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 I was going to say raised the eyebrows of people um, because of her prominent, uh, well known Christian worldview. Yes. And, and of course, she's a highly educated individual. This lady is is not somebody that can be criticised because, no. hey, you know, she's never had any education. She's highly educated and uh, it's certainly at doctoral level and is teaching at, at university. That's right. And so she's well able to um, defend this particular uh, world worldview. Now, of course, that is actually a a threat. And the claim that's being put against her is that this would actually disqualify her from sitting on the, the Supreme Court of the, the United States. Now, to me, that's actually a quite a remarkable. Uh, Joseph, do you think we're moving into, a, I suppose, a, a post-Christian era? You know, is it more challenging for individuals to maintain their Christian belief in the day and age in which we're living? Yeah, I guess the, this situation with Amy, Amy Barrett, um, does, does show that that... It, that that is certainly the case, Gary, because uh, people are wary that uh, Ms. Barrett is going to actually um, use or promote her views uh, and, and her worldview um, and use that in, in, her, in her role. Um, mm-hmm. And so people are wary of it, they're, they're, and, I, and I guess that's why they're flagging this. Uh, hey, here's, here's a person they're saying who has these partic- this particular – I mean, we're not hearing so much about the other uh, – uh, Supreme Court court judges and what what their worldviews may be that's that's not getting promoted but this has raised the flag because of her strong strong worldview and and the fact that it the very fact that it's been raised uh, is demonstrating to to us that um, yeah our society uh, nowadays our world is becoming um, yeah more wary of that and and wants to move away from this uh, Christian Christian worldview. Tell me, um, do, we, do do you think that? It's possible for anybody to move totally away from their own presuppositions. You know, whether I am atheist, agnostic, or, or Christian, is it possible for me to be t- totally independent of my own worldviews? Look, we all uh, look at life, and we all understand things, and we all interpret things through through, through those lenses, uh, mm-hmm. through, through the lenses that that we have, whether they're a biblical worldview or whether they are not. They, they actually do shape how we how we look at things and how how we make decisions. Yeah, um, yeah, we, we we need to be wary of that, and sorry, we should be aware of that. I, I don't think that you can completely divorce yourself 
from it at all because yeah none of us comes comes to things with a completely blank slate yeah um yeah. and uh yeah so it's interesting here with with, with amy barrett it, it, it this has been raised whether her views are going to uh influence a decision making uh and things like that um i i, I certainly see that here in australia um uh, we have seen Recent trends, definitely seen recent trends where we've moved uh, quite significantly to a, a much more post-Christian. I'll go a little bit further, Gary, and say probably a sort of an anti-Christian worldview. And just as a quick example, uh, when we had the, uh, the, the the marriage plebiscite in this country mm-hmm. and the whole debate about that, mm-hmm. um, the views, the, the, the Christian, the traditional Christian Biblical views on marriage, yeah, when they were shared, were were not really promoted. That they, they 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 were not really wanted to be aired by 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 yeah. our yeah. by our society. Yeah. Um, it was seen as at least traditional, if not at, at, at more so, you know, old fashioned, uh, imposing, yeah. restrictive, you name it. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, and so, whilst we had for 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 years, we've had the basic uh, b- biblical understanding of what a marriage is, and that's mm-hmm. that's what was mm-hmm. um, the basis for our society um, for marriage. Um, now that we've had a shift from that, um, it, 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 the whole thing has demonstrated that there's been this sh- shift from what we've enjoyed as Australians, a freedom of religion, to a freedom from religion. That's actually a very important distinction you've just drawn. That's a very significant distinction. You know, one of the things that I know that I've always appreciated about this particular country is the ability to be able to debate issues. You know, yeah. I've I really appreciated for, for many years, you know, for one side or the other, a debate was actually the way that issues were actually settled. But I'm conscious that more and more it's actually the loudest voice rather than the most significant argument that actually makes the... Uh, makes the case at the end of the day. That's right. Yeah, and and there's been there's been respect uh, and freedom for people to 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 hold their views, and and generally people have been able to to hold their, their religious, their Christian views. Yeah, yeah. But I, I've seen in the last yeah in the last couple of years, and certainly certainly the whole marriage plebiscite um, demonstrated this idea that yeah. Christian worldview, the Christian perspective, is is being diminished. Yeah. is being pushed aside and there's a real shift to being a freedom from from religion not not, yeah. not, yeah, yeah. not wanting to have it there's almost to me I'm I'm sensing almost an antagonism yeah. there yeah. Uh, to the to a biblical worldview that's right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Joseph look let's uh, let's just come to uh, uh, to some music this is uh, Bethany Dillon uh, this is how deep uh, the father's love
gets harder and the world gets worse, Jesus has the answers. Do you need the hope that Jesus will bring into your heart? What about your friends, family or workmates? Faith FM's free offer for you today is a life-changing book called The Great Controversy, filled with stories of hope and encouragement that are guaranteed to draw you closer to Jesus. To receive your free copy of The Great Controversy, go to faithfm.com.au or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. That is a fantastic um, book. Uh, If ever you want to read a book that is so relevant, that speaks about the religious world today, that's been written uh, more than 150 years ago, that book is worth getting hold of. And particularly the last dozen chapters, I love it myself. I've read it three or four times uh, just in just in recent uh, recent years. I think it's incredibly powerful. The great controversy, uh, Joseph. Have you read? Have you ever read the book? Yes. Yeah. A- a- excellent book, Gary. And uh, translated into a number of languages. Yes. Uh, an absolute classic. Yeah. yeah. yeah absolute yeah. classic. Highly recommended. Yeah. So look, folks, if you want that book, please just go online uh, to the Faith FM website and uh, you can request your free copy. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q and A with Pastor Gary. Uh, today our co-host is Pastor Joseph Matichik and Joseph is the Executive Secretary of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Australia. And this week we're following the theme, the church in an unchristian world. And the big question for today, sexual abuse in the church. Is it real? This is a, this is a really big one. In Australia, uh, we've just been through the Child Sex Abuse Royal Commission. Now, uh, this one has really shaken up quite a, quite a number of organisations. Thankfully, most organisations have been working uh, really closely uh, with this Royal Commission. Now, I picked up a, an article that came up uh, 12 months or, or so ago, but in this particular article, it was, uh, uh, it was talking about that royal commission, and this is what it what it said. It, it was highlighting uh, one particular church, uh, child sex abuse royal commission. Data reveals the extent of allegations, and this is uh, this is what it said. The Australian Catholic Church has released grim data revealing that seven percent of priests working between 1950 and 2009 have been accused of child sex crimes. Uh, the worst offending institutions by proportion of their religious staff have been shown to be orders of brothers who run schools and homes for the most vulnerable children. Uh, This is the most substantial data set released to date about the extent of child abuse uh, within the Australian Catholic Church. Of course, all churches came up in turn. This particular uh, data set concerned just uh, the Catholic Church. Uh, all others uh, were also released. And this was done with a cooperation uh, from them as part of the Royal Commission into the Institutional Responses to Child Sexual Abuse. The church surveyed 10 religious institutions and 75 church authorities to uncover the abuse data on priests, non-ordained brothers and sisters and other church personnel who were employed between 1950 and 2009. Council Gail Furness said 4,444 alleged child sex incidents were recorded in the survey. 90% of the victims were boys, with their average age at the time of abuse being 11 and 11 and a half years old. Girls were only 10 and a half old on, on, on average when they were abused. 7% of priests ministering in the 60-year period have been accused 
of child sex offences. This is even a starker figure to similar research carried out in the US when it found from 1950 through to June 2015, 5.6% of 116,000 priests who worked had been accused of child sexual abuse. Now, Joseph, this is these are horrendous numbers, and, and I do emphasise this isn't uh, this number reflects the Australian Catholic Church, but you know, every church has got its its own challenges, and to to a similar to a greater or a lesser degree, the same issues are actually coming up. This isn't restricted to the Catholic Church. Now, you know, I mean, you're the you're the president of you know, president. You're the secretary, executive secretary of the Seventh Day Adventist Church here in South Australia, and you, you know, you've have to manage. You know, a number of these types of cases. You know, how do you as a denominational leader relate to these types of numbers? I'm disturbed. Yeah, yeah. That, that, they are disturbing. Yeah. I guess in short, Gary, it is. It, this, this is this is really one of the, the disturbing aspects. And look, uh, kudos for for actually bringing this up on you know, on on this on this drive time thing because it'd be easy just for us to look at other aspects of church and just just yeah. not even go, go here. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's not a pleasant subject at all. Yeah. Uh, it's not an easy thing. It, it, it's 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 really quite quite um yeah, quite disturbing. And um, you know, when we think about the church, um, the, to the average person on the street, when they think of church, mm. uh, how do they view it? Not very favourable. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I um a few years ago, I um I used to go um with some uh, people. We'd go like door to door to yeah just just to see uh. What, what some of the community interest would be in the uh, yeah, in, yeah, in the neighbourhood yeah. to see if there'd be people who might be uh, need some assistance, or if there were some people who'd want to um, um, yeah, be interested in in learning more from from the Bible. That was that yeah, was, I guess, yeah, our specific yeah. aim. And um, to engage them in conversation, we would we would like to ask them uh, a few uh, questions to 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 see where they're at about God and mm, religion and church. Mm. And you know what? Um, the the, the, uh, the number one objection that they'd have about church or God w- would have to be related to this fact here: this idea yeah, that um, yeah. most I can remember distinctly. So many of them would say, you know, the church and the abuse committed by the clergy. Nah, that's a turn off for me. I'm not not interested. You know. In fact, you know, this was a yesterday we did actually share because this yesterday we spoke on the issue of hypocrisy in the church, yeah. and uh, we did actually share a, a survey that was actually done by I think McCrindle uh, uh-huh. Research, and uh, that particular research indicated exactly what you were saying. In other words, when uh, in this particular case, uh, people who might have uh, considered uh, turning to Christianity, the number one and number two uh, things which uh, they that put them off turning mm-hmm. to Christianity mm-hmm. were uh, number two was hypocrisy in the church, okay, and number one was a particular hypocrisy in the church. It's this issue of sexual abuse in the church. So this this does actually turn people away yeah. um, from wanting to consider Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it does. It does. It, it's it's a, it's. And it's a real, uh, I guess, an unfortunate blight on the church. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, you, you, you're exactly right. It, it is uh, one of, yeah, it is the biggest thing that, that turns people off. Um, and the media, 
Gary, the media ha- really has brought the whole issue of uh, uh, abuse by churches, by by religious institutions, yes, if I can yes, put it yes, a little yes, bit more yes, broadly. Yep, yep, yep. Th- they have really brought this to the fore. And yeah. and and let's face it, that the media likes to um, bring out gory they stuff. They like to bring out hypocrisy, don't they? They, <laughs> they like to well, bring out, whether it's a government hypocrisy or whether they seem to have a, a love for sharing. That's right. Uh, yeah, hypo- they, like, they like to dig up dirt and yeah. uh, anything that they can find that they will and uh, they, they certainly um, haven't spared the church Church of that. You quoted from the uh, yeah, th- that, there, uh, that that article referring to the, the Royal Commission into institutional child abuse yeah. and some of the statistics there as far as the the Australian Catholic Church. Yeah, it's interesting when you think about you know, Gary. If I can just share a little bit about that Royal Commission, because that that was that was a major ma- major um, commission done by uh, by a government here in Australia. So there were some sixteen thousand submissions. Um, about eight thousand cases were within scope, though. Fifty nine percent of the cases related to religious institutions. So okay. yeah, more than half. Um, the highest category of perpetrators were what they call. Persons in religious ministry. Wow. Persons in religious ministry. This is professionally religious yeah, ministry. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So I guess okay. yeah, they'd be looking at church leaders, pastors, reverends. Uh, Priests. That exactly. Whole, uh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, now, the other, I guess, yeah, sh- uh, disturbing thing really is um, apparently as many as 60% of uh, victims, and I'd, I'd, I'd prefer to use the term survivors, yes. uh, people who've experienced abuse, uh, uh, as much as 60% of them never report it. Wow. So, wow. Uh, for, for various reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, of those that, uh, yeah, then 22% uh, of uh, people who've experienced abuse, 22% of them felt that no one would believe them. Yeah. Uh, so that's that, that shows you that um, uh, people who've experienced this are just too afraid to to, to share, and certainly to, to historically, out. that has largely been the case on in, in too many examples. I, I think. Would you accept that? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah, for sure. And and we'll look at I guess reasons for that in, in just a moment. But that absolutely that that has been the, certainly the case. I reckon for 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 a long long time, yeah. um, mm-hmm. people just wouldn't wouldn't want to share. Uh, people would not believe it. Um, most people, and, and and I remember it very early in my ministry, Gary. Um, I I was quite, you know, th- th- this was quite a complex thing. I honestly didn't really know how to handle these kinds of yeah, things. When yeah. when when you heard of some uh, allegations being made or uh, someone uh, sharing what had taken place, I, I I was actually quite quite a bit helpless. I mean, what do you do? Well, actually, that's um, actually a very good point. How do you, you know, handle because, this? Well, th- th- that's an excellent point because I'm so conscious that you know certainly when I went and and did my initial training, you know there were many things I was trained in. I was yeah. given some basic training in in counselling. I was taught how to manage a church. I was taught how to you know read the Bible. I was taught how to you know study the you know present yeah. uh, present Ch- church history, church and, history, yeah. those types of things. Yep. But this was one area that certainly now this is thirty years. 35 years ago, um, certainly this area would not have been mentioned at all no. during the days of my academic study. Yeah. You know, so we, we yeah, uh, church leaders weren't really equipped. Yeah. Um, in general, a church climate, it was a fairly taboo kind of a subject, let's face yeah. it, yeah. Um, yeah. especially, Gary, in some other cultures. Yeah. And, and it still would be. Yeah. It still would be yeah. taboo. This is just, yeah, you don't talk about it in general, let alone within the context of a, of a Christian church. Mm. Um, 
And yeah, going on from from this, what we've discovered is the fact that um, just come a couple other uh, facts and figures here. Half of the survivors that, that have been abused are generally between the ages of ten and fourteen. So we're we're talking about children, uh, young young you know, adolescents. Really, um, it, it's 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 quite tragic. It's estimated that some twenty five percent of females have been sexually abused by the age of eighteen. Uh, somewhere around nine percent of boys. An Australian study found that in Christian churches, the prevalence of sexual abuse is at the same rate as the general community. Yeah. So here, here's, here's the issue. Yeah. Hypocrisy you talked about in general. Yeah. Yeah. Here we find this, 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 this sad situation of sexual abuse. Essentially, the, the, the rate of abuse that occurring in the community is the it's same replicated it within the church itself in the church itself that's that, that's, that, that yeah. is really horrendous type yeah. uh, type suggestion you know because you know you, you sort of expect you know a christian people who are saying um uh, who are preaching uh, a different form of life uh, to actually be living in a different way that's exactly right yeah mm. yeah and um the sexual offenders we're often, and we've touched on this, but we're often Christian, uh, Christian men, Christian leaders, Christian uh, pastors. Yeah. Um, what's more, it has been found that a large proportion of sexual abuse uh, occurred in a context or people from a background of devout religious homes. Okay. Um, which is which is also disturbing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So clearly, sexual abuse is a widespread problem across. Across all across uh, all churches, across all churches. Yep. Yeah. yeah that's okay, right. that's good. Okay. Um, now, so why is this so, Gary? The church is made up of humans, and humans are imperfect; they're sinful. Yeah. Now, uh, that, some that, uh, some would say that's an excuse, and, and I'm saying that as just just sort of as a as a general thing. But let, so let's drill into this a little yeah, bit yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. But more than that, churches are normally places of trust. Uh, pastors, religious leaders. Or clergy, they're in positions of trust. Mm. They're positions of power, positions of confidence. Mm. Uh, for example, members often confide in a minister. In a minister, uh, they often uh, ministers are often dealing with private emotional issues when they are uh, ministering to, to to church members, to, to families, to yeah. uh, to yeah. people in their congregation. Yeah. Emotional, personal, personal issues. All this creates an atmosphere or an environment, I, could, I should say, that that could lead to a violation of boundaries, yeah, personal yeah. boundaries. And, and this isn't even uh, the. I'm conscious that you know you're talking primarily here about the child sex royal uh, royal commission and the child sex issue, you know. But I, I'm really conscious of this issue of boundaries, even in the area of adult to adult counselling type relationships because I I can think throughout my ministry if I look think look at the class that I graduated with the number of uh, good people mm. because certainly practice in the Seventh-day Adventist church is you know if if you offend in certainly this area your ministry is actually over at that uh, at that particular point uh, but um, the number of um, um, uh, ministers who have offended yes. uh, against uh, a counsellee. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, in other words, there's been a sympathetic repulse, yes, yeah. and instead of the boundary being maintained, the boundary itself has actually broken down, and as a result, an entire ministry yep. has actually uh, been lost. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it's not sexual abuse, no, but but it's it's a um, a, a violation of the trust. Um, it, it's a yeah a moral. 
yeah, I guess we call it, yeah, uh, indiscretions. Exactly. And, and same with, with the colleagues that I um, went through uh, theological studies with too, Gary, and a number of them, sadly, similar thing. Yeah. Uh, where they they have um, yeah did, did did not maintain appropriate uh, boundaries yeah. appropriate professional boundaries and um, and uh, they they formed a relationship uh, an inappropriate sexual relationship uh, with someone that they were either counselling with or that mm. they had engaged with or they got friendly with in in within their congregation and um yeah not only has it led to the end of their career it's led to the end of their of their marriage and it's had an effect and on, Joseph, on the I, family I, their children and so on it's devastating. I, i'm really conscious of the the hu- huge human cost on this whole thing because yes. it's not you know yes we're talking here from okay ministers who have been professional uh, professionally trained who have broken boundaries and have paid the paid the penalty and yes. uh, and rightly so I, uh, I I do believe but you know I'm so conscious of the way in which uh, individuals uh, families um, of those who have been um, Perpetrated, and this is not. We're not even talking here about child sex issues. This no. is just adult to adult. But the uh, the break, the family breakdown, the impact on the family when others see that a pastor has done, you know, has committed adultery with, you know, with another, mm. with a lady, someone who's not his not his wife, and you know, the relationship, the uh, the impact on the family, their, their their view of Christianity is just this whole. Th- it's just so damaging. Yeah. yeah, it's a ripple effect, isn't it, Gary? It, is. it, it, is. it affects so many. You got these secondary victims, and uh, it, it often leads, sadly, to them uh, disengaging from church, from from God, even. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, it, it does. It does have quite quite a, quite an impact. But let's come back to this uh, to, to, to the child sex yeah. issue because that's yep. this is really important. This one. Yeah. So. Um, th- yeah, one of the key reasons that this has been occurring in the church um, is is because apart from religious leaders, Gary, churches are places uh, where children generally are entrusted yeah. to the care of adults. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for example, you think of you know there's children's Bible classes that that are run in churches, aren't mm-hmm. there? Children's Bible classes. You got a gr- group of children with adults leading out, yeah. Um, yeah. and and children are entrusted into those classes yeah. Yeah. week in. Week out. out, yeah, um, and unfortunately, there are adults who who have taken that the wrong take it the wrong way, opportunistic, whatever, and have uh, formed uh, friendship with certain children, groom them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, children's Bible classes, children's programs, camps, yeah, um, yep. these are all environments where certain individuals who. It, it, it actually gives some individuals an opportunity, if you like, to to groom, yeah. you know, to become friends of, yep. and you know, be overly protective of. And I think groom is the official, you know, is the correct term for yep. uh, for this, and prepare um, a child for a later invasion of their own body. That's right. Well, that's right. Because what you find happening there is it's it's an environment of trust. Parents and the church, um, that, that they trust. We're, a, we're in a church community. Surely, you know, we're all here to worship God, etc. And um, and so they, it, 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 it lends itself to, to trust not only forming Gary, mm. but then being, being abused. Indeed. Um, yeah. yeah. How has the church traditionally dealt with abuse? Well, in, in a word... Oh, in two words, not well. 
I think not, not well, well is sums it up very, very well. Yeah. Because uh, certainly I know that, you know, for a long time there, I can think of numerous uh, cases uh, whereby, uh, you know, there was, you know, hey, there was, there was smoke here. There, there's no evidence there. There's mm. no, but there's some smoke here. Um, uh, the response was actually to say, okay, you know, we, we're moving, moving this person on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, not yeah. a, not a good response. No, no. Generally, there's been a denial, cover-up, yeah. um, or like you say, if there has been some smoke, let's just move the person away rather than deal with the issue. Yeah. Uh, because, many, Gary, many people have thought, well, this kind of terrible thing just cannot happen, surely. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. can't be true, especially if the perpetrator was a person in leadership, yeah. Yeah. respected, um, trusted. Uh, but but more recently, there's been, been a much better understanding of um, what sexual abuse is, that it is real, that it does occur. And um, and so, uh, yeah, uh, at least, Gary, at least in the last few years, certainly in our denomination, we, we, are, we have been making serious attempts uh, to ensure that we deal with this um, in, an, in, in appropriate ways, don't cover it up, and we're looking at to put processes in place and continuing to work on this um, in order to ensure that our churches are, are safe places. And so, yeah, we're working towards that. Joseph, I'm really conscious that um, uh, that that you've had to work with with numerous cases because you, as the executive secretary, have to actually shepherd this through a process. Yes. Can you just tell us what is the the process? You know, if somebody if if there's smoke out there, uh, you know, accusations are actually made. How does the Seventh-day Adventist Church, how do you actually deal with that particular circumstance? Yeah. So the Seventh-day Adventist Church has been on a journey, it would be fair to say, and uh, we, we haven't dealt with it well in the past. Um, but we, we have now established a, um, a department that's, that, that's at arm's length with our uh, Organization um, to 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 deal with this, and um, that department has people that are qualified in different areas. Gary, so mm-hmm. there there are, there are trained staff there okay. that understand abuse that, that that are able to investigate cases. Then there then there's another department part of that um, that department that that are specifically look at um, providing support to survivors. Um, then there's another area that that are there to provide, I guess, education, if you like, yes, uh, yeah, education, yeah. ongoing training. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and that's only in the last few years, to be really honest. Yeah, um, yeah. And so, essentially, now, if if there is a is an alleged incident that takes place, um, there is uh, there are people who are able to to investigate that mm-hmm. and, and and work through with with the alleged. Alleged perpetrator. Uh, there are others that get alongside the the um, the survivor and and uh, put a network around them to help them. And then um, there's dialogue that takes place between, um, yeah, I guess our department and and the local churches that that are affected by it. And so. Um, I, yeah, at least it, there's an attempt now made to to take it seriously, um, to to deal with it, and to have a process in place. So, do both you for, both for the alleged uh, for the um, survivor as well as for the alleged perpetrator? So, do you encourage, um, for example, a survivor to to report to the police? For example, I yes. mean that would seem reasonable. That's exactly right. Yep. Yeah, we so, do, and we ensure that, um, yeah, that that that, that it, yeah, because sexual abuse is a crime, Gary. Yeah, yeah. At the end yeah, of the day, yeah, it's yeah, a crime. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And as a crime, it does need to be reported. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay. okay, so if someone uh, is is um, maybe working has dealt with this particular issue in the past, 
how do they go about, I mean, how do they go about actually um, uh, reporting it? I mean, do they re- they report it to the to the church, or do they report it to the police first? What what's the process? We, okay, so the process is we, we endeavour to make it, um, I guess, as easy as possible for the person, so that so that it doesn't add to their trauma. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and so they're, they're, as I said, there there are trained people to whom they can uh, they can share who 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 can sensitively um, dialogue with them and and then guide them through how they can then make whether a statement to the police, um, how they can be supported in that process, how a report can be lodged with 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 the police with with the authorities. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they 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 can um, if they're comfortable to share with someone else that, uh, rather than directly, then they they can share it with the other person, and they in turn can report it to to our organisation that deals with this, mm-hmm. or they themselves can disclose. Um, it's kept confidential, uh, respectful, and and so. Yeah, yeah, we, we do have processes in place in, in, and, and um, the ability by which individuals are able to, to report uh, report any, any allegations. Yeah. Okay, do you, uh, do you ever move them on to another parish? I think what you would find is there would be an investigation. Yeah, right. And uh, and if, if, the, uh, if, if it's sustained, uh, generally that, it really would lead to the end of their employment. Um, because that, that's the, 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 yeah, the, the, this it, it's clearly an offence. That, that's a complete breach of their uh, of what they their code of behaviour that, that that they would have um, signed up to uh, when they when they commenced their employment. So yeah, uh, yeah, we would we would avoid. I dare say in the past it's probably taken place, um, but not nowadays. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Joseph, look, let's come to some some music. I'm conscious our time is starting to get away away from us. Uh, this is uh, Keith Green. Uh, there is. A Redeemer. There is a Redeemer, Jesus, God's own Son, precious Lamb of God, Messiah. Holy One Jesus my Redeemer Name above all names Precious Lamb of God Messiah Over sinners slain
just God's own son, precious Lamb of God, Messiah, Holy One. gets harder and the world gets worse, Jesus has the answers. Do you need the hope that Jesus will bring into your heart? What about your friends, family or workmates? Faith FM's free offer for you today is a life-changing book called The Great Controversy, filled with stories of hope and encouragement that are guaranteed to draw you closer to Jesus. To receive your free copy of The Great Controversy, go to faithfm.com.au or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Today our co-host is Pastor Joseph Matichik and Joseph's the Executive Secretary of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Australia. And this week we're following the theme of the church in an unchristian world. And the big question for today is sexual abuse in the church. Is it real? Joseph, it's a huge subject, isn't it? This is something that, you know, I mean, we could talk about this issue for, um, you know, for hours. But what we're saying is that this is a very real issue that the, that, that those certainly outside of the church certainly don't understand why it should be happening within the church. What else have you got to share with us? Yeah, uh, Gary, I guess it'd be really good to, to say this, and maybe we can just reiterate it again for anyone that's listening. If anybody you know that's listening has been been, been affected or hurt or experienced any kind of abuse, um, that the church is here to take it seriously. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, if, if there's anyone that that in any way you know kind of feels a bit, bit you know, this is this if, is primarily if, if, for Seventh Day Adventist Church church right. members um, who have been offended against by Seventh Day Adventist Church employees. That's right. It it will be taken seriously, and um, yeah, certainly there are there there are procedures in place now by which um, these things can be dealt with. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I would encourage anybody else um, that uh, yeah to to go to the authorities if if something has taken place yeah. because this yeah. Yeah. and the reason being Gary. Is sexual abuse is a is a crime, yeah, and it, yeah. and it, it it needs to be dealt with. And um, part of part of the dealing with it is, is involved in getting it reported so that the uh, survivor can begin a healing process. Uh, and it also involves the um, the alleged perpetrator um, getting um, getting appropriate boundaries and accountability placed. What on about them as if something well. is said to a church pastor? In confidence, you know, I mean, in, in, for example, some churches have the confessional. We don't have that in the no. Seventh-day Adventist church. But what if something is said to the, a pastor in confidence? I mean, hey. Ooh. Yeah. Um, abuse is such a that, – that causes so much hurt, long-lasting hurt. Yeah. And the other thing is, too, um, abusers or perpetrators – 
tend to reoffend, Gary. Yeah. So it does yeah. need to be dealt with. Yeah. Uh, secrets should not be kept like this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that 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 that's what I would say. Yeah. Uh, it needs to be reported. Um, in fact, laws are now in such in place that um, when yeah. when there is a disclosure, we are mandated reporters. Yeah. We yeah. have to report yeah. it to the. That's really important, I think, for us yep. to understand because I know there have been a number of cases, not just in this whole area of uh, child uh, child sexual abuse, but there have been times when I've actually had to say to somebody, "Hey, look, you know, this is really impacting." somebody else's yes, life and it is something that I have to talk to somebody else about yeah. uh, and I realise that sometimes people get offended at doing that uh, but you know I'm so conscious that it is possible to damage uh, other people's lives if in fact uh, secrets yep. um, inappropriate secrets are maintained. Correct, correct yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly right Gary yeah but look you know th- th- there are things that um, people that we can all do um, to help support and to ensure that our churches are are, are safe safe places Um, if I can just share a few uh, for example um, and we've alluded to this a few times but again it's important to acknowledge that sexual abuse does occur that it is real yeah it does happen in churches Um, second I'd say is it's 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 important to understand that abuse is not only a sin, but it is a crime. Yeah. Um, yeah. And therefore, we are, you know, and, and the Bible gives us instructions that that we have governing authorities. We we have we have the authorities there, jurisdictions in place that that are meant to deal with, with crime. Uh, and so, we, but doesn't the scriptures talk about forgiveness? Now, I know that some people certainly throw this at me right. in the past. They've sort of suggested that hey, the church should be a place of forgiveness. Yes, and and can I can I touch on that because that that, that is a really really important one. Um, just before I get onto that though, let me just uh, I guess share a few things that's important for uh, for people to, to to do in order to understand how we can support people who've been hurt people who've been uh, who've been um, who've experienced abuse and that is um, believe them do not blame them listen to them yeah uh, that's really important uh, treat them with sensitivity ensure that they can feel safe ensure that they are not re-victimized yeah um yeah. And assure them of God's love, mm. um, that God is is greater than any earthly person. Um, you know, sometimes people have an issue you know, that if if if, if a, a father or male figure has abused them, that they see God in that in that yeah. distorted way. Yeah. God's yeah, greater and beyond that. Yes. God is not like that at all. Yeah. Yeah. He's greater. He, he's perfect love. And we can reassure them that God respects the person, that God uh, believes in the person, and that God can help them heal. Mm. Uh, now, for for those who are the alleged perpetrators, uh, need to be aware of that how they operate. That they will they they tend to be they can be manipulative they will want to deny or rationalize their behavior and as i touched on a little bit earlier they will want to uh, be prone to reoffending, and so that they need appropriate support and boundaries in place yeah. and require professional professional help mm-hmm. now you asked about forgiveness forgiveness yeah that, that's a big that's one that's been thrown at me a number of times and yeah. and, and you know what uh, people people don't agree on this one actually gary let me say this Sexual abuse is a deep fundamental violation of a person. Yeah. Uh, they've experienced great trauma with symptoms that, that, that will be with them probably for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Probably for the rest of their lives. So healing from abuse will take time. Yeah. It's not an instant experience. Um, think of it like dealing with grief. One doesn't recover from grief instantly. 
Mm. Um, the sexually abused person may find it actually difficult to forgive the perpetrator. They may feel outraged toward, towards them. Um, those feelings are normal. A survivor needs to be encouraged to express those feelings, uh, to be honest, to be honest with God. Uh, healing from abuse takes time, and so forgiveness will take time. The more they heal, the more they'll be able to able to forgive. I, I, I'm conscious here, though, that even within the, the church itself, sometimes there are those within the church who will say that the church, I, I certainly accept that, somebody who has been offended against, this is a long process. In fact, may not get yeah. um, to the point of being able to say, hi, hey, look, you know, I, uh, th- th- that, t- that takes a long process to deal with that. But, you know, I'm conscious that certainly those within the church, uh, there are individuals there that say, hey, the church at least should forgive the, or- the organisation. The organisation should, should, yes. Should forgive. Ah, okay, yes. Um, and, and, and Gary, I, I, yes, that I have actually had the opportunity where I've represented our organisation to, 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 to a family and, and apologised for what has taken place. And it has been a very significant moment for them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. It, it's a, it, it's quite a move, been quite a moving yeah, event. Yeah, so, yes. Yeah. 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 Joseph. Anything else? Because we do need well, to. We do need to finish. We do need to finish. And look, yeah, I guess to wrap it up. Um, at the end of the day, yeah, the church is made up of people who are broken, human, and sinful. Mm. Therefore, things happen, Gary, that that are not always right. That don't honour God. Um, but we need to need to acknowledge that, and we need to all look to to, to Him. That is our you know, to, to, to God, who is the only one who can um, give us um, His grace and His strength uh, to represent Him to our communities. And the church, us. of course, has been called on to actually put in place boundaries That's right. and actually hold people accountable as well. And you know, one of the things that I, I'm not convinced that the church has actually done well is actually holding people accountable. Mm. And this, in this area in particular, we in certainly historically we've done very poorly at this particular issue. That's but right. But I'm really conscious, Joseph, we do need to we do need to finish. Our time is up for today. I wish we could go on for another hour. Uh, look, thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary, Pastor Joseph Matichik on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when dr- the Drive Time team ask, does a biblical church even exist? Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God uh, richly bless you. Please enjoy Alan Jackson. Love lifted me. I'm sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. Very deeply stained within. Sinking to rise no more But the master of the sea Heard my despair and cry From the waters lifted me Now safe am I Love lifted me Love lifted me When nothing else could help Love lifted me Love lifted me, love lifted me When nothing else could help Love lifted me All my heart to Him I give Ever to Him I'll cling 
in his blessed presence live, ever his praises sing. Love so mighty and so true, marriage my soul's best songs. Faithful, loving service to, to him belongs. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love.